This is the TJ Show. Friday night, we had everyone over on the show. Had a big dinner. It's beautiful. I loved hanging out with you guys. And of course, before you come over, we do the last minute insane cleanup of our house because we have to present this fake version of our home. You know, the one that's always messy. We have to make it look like it's not messy at all. Isn't that stressful? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's one of the only times our house gets organized is when people are coming over. And so my daughter, Charlie, looks at us and she goes, what are you guys doing? I said, what do you mean? What are we doing? You're going to help clean up. And she's like, why do we have to clean up? Your coworkers, your friends, they all know what your house looks like when it's messy. And I just wanted to spring an interview on her real quick because kids just call it how they see it. She's nine years old and she's got a point. Hey, Charlie. Hi, Dada. Can you tell me what you just asked me? Why do we have to clean up? Everybody um, that you work with have already seen our house messy. Now, is that true? Have you all seen it messy at one point? I thought we did a pretty good job cleaning it up when you guys come over. No, I thought it was pretty clean. There was a time where the girls were hanging out as well with all of us. We were having dinner. Oh, yeah. And then they made it messy while we were there, but that's, that was normal. Yeah, there's a story about that coming up in a moment, Jabo. Yes, producer Heather. To be fair, I didn't think you guys cleaned up before we came over. I thought you were just leaving it the way you normally leave it. <laughs> By the way, when I say Ouch. that, I've said that exact thing to my wife, Jess. She's like, did you notice I cleaned up? I'm like, our house is never clean. But she spent two hours cleaning oh, it up, and that's what it looks like. So Jess. I didn't say it. That was Heather. We know everyone on the show is coming over for a dinner party tonight, right? Yeah. We want to present our home in a nice way. So we all have to clean up. We all have to contribute. But I'm not even part of the dinner. I'm just asking, why do you care about your friends seeing the house messy? This is what adults do. <laughs> well, when I'm an adult, I'm not going to care. I'm just going to say, oh, my kids made that mess. It's not any of my business. She wants me to blame her. <laughs> so you think I should just blame it on you? Yeah. And you're okay with that? Yep. That's better than cleaning up any mess. She's just trying to negotiate a deal so she doesn't have to clean up. Yeah, blame me, and then I don't have to clean anything up. So we went through the whole dinner. It was sort of clean, as you heard Heather describe. And then I did a little post-game interview the next day. Charlie, how'd you think the dinner went? I'm good. I just watched TV the whole time, though. You didn't want to hang out with anyone? No. How come? Because it was boring. What do you mean it was boring? Our dinner party was boring to her. Good. That teaches her to stay out of grown folks' business. Good. The house all clean. You were bored? Yep, with the house clean. Seriously? Yep. Why didn't you, like, hang out with Jabo and Kenny? I, w- I would rather watch TV. Seriously? Yep. Than hanging out with human beings? Yep. In today's world. What do you mean in today's world? That's what Grandpa always says. Yep, Grandpa's wisdom of nothing really surprises you in today's world is now seeping into our children, and they're repeating it to anyone who will listen. And that is, that's true. In today's world, nothing shocks me anymore. I can agree with Charlie. By the end of the dinner, I I was starting to miss my TV, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you guys, you get along. You, You love your screens. This is the TJ Show. Well, listen, I had a nice time with you guys, and I liked somewhat cleaning up. You know, the bathrooms, that's an important zone. We took care of that. For sure, yes. That was clean. And then, uh, you know, like the entry area is a little messy, but you guys understand. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was normal. Thank you very much. 
Jabo, you have a dog named Sky. I do, yes. And you know how goofy our dogs can get. Oh yeah, she's I think, goofy. Yeah, the bigger the dog, the more embarrassing it is for the dog. <laughs> For how goofy they are. Yeah. And I have a Labrador retriever, and when people come over, she starts freaking out. You guys were over for a dinner oh, party. She's the best. And she makes all these sounds like. Mm, she brings you gifts when you walk in the door. Every single time yeah. someone comes over, my dog will find a quote gift, which is usually one of my kids' socks, mm-hmm. a toy. She'll Props. even chew it up. Yeah, like if she really loves you, she'll chew it and then spit it out right in front <laughs> of you. <laughs> yeah. And the sounds she makes are just totally wild. So yesterday we had some friends coming over. We hadn't seen them for over a year. And we were hanging out with them. And of course, Luna starts freaking out. And you hear all the sounds. And I was able to capture some of this for you because I want you to hear it. And then my wife has a theory about Luna. Do you think this is true? (laughs) Kenny, can you do an impression of Luna? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Chill out! Calm down! Oh my gosh, she's so excited. So, from very excited... (laughs) She caught a scent of something. Yeah. So now my wife's talking to our friends and Luna's run out like a monster to greet them. She was like going wild inside. Like she knew you guys were coming before you even pulled up. She's been acting so wild. It's not true. So I was saying it's not true. My wife has a theory that our dog knows that guests are coming over before they're even in visible distance. It's not true. How is that possible? These are people we haven't seen in a year, and my wife is theorizing that Luna is anticipating their arrival. Well, I'm sure Luna hears cars approaching the house. We before... live on a street. Well, no, of course she hears right? multiple cars, but I'm I'm sure she just the fact that she hears the car, she can hear that, and then once they make that turn onto your driveway, which is gravel, by sure. the way, I'll, I'll give it to her at that point. Yeah, sure. Yeah, what's what's your theory, producer Heather? I agree with Jabo, absolutely. She hears the cars, but also I think she picks up on like the different things you do every time someone is coming over, like yes. clean up, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. she does know. Yes, and yeah. I think That's you nailed true. it. Yeah. So I think our dogs anticipate the that somebody's going to come over because we as humans start to act differently when our friends are coming over. So they're so in tune with our emotions that they know, and that I believe. That makes a lot of sense because when my husband Archie, my, our dog Sky is with my husband Archie. He's in the U.S. military, so we live in live in different states. When he gets ready to leave the house and Sky sees him putting on clothes, she will automatically go into her kennel and lay down because she Aww. knows that's where she's supposed to go when we leave the house. Oh, that's so sweet. She knows. Oh, yeah. Dude, cute little Sky. Let's go, baby girl. <laughs> if I meet Sky, can I talk to her like that? Oh my gosh, she will have a fit. She'll just. I don't know. She'll probably be worse than Luna, honestly. Yeah. Do you guys get annoyed by that kind of a greeting? Because I do. No, not at I all. I get annoyed when my dog does it to somebody else, but yeah. I love it when somebody's dog does it to me. Okay, so you feel welcome. Yeah, I feel welcome. I felt so bad. Kenny was over, and the guy's having like an, an allergic reaction to Luna. Oh, it's I worth know. it, man. <laughs> it's totally worth it. I love animals. It's just too bad I'm allergic to most of them. He just kept drinking because uh, I think you guy. wanted to like numb the allergy, <laughs> yeah, right? So, yeah. This guy's all red. He's puffing up. <laughs> Blowing his nose every five minutes. That's your buddy Luna. <laughs> Happy 
six-year wedding anniversary weekend to our pal Jabo. Yay! I'm so happy for you, Jabo. Thank you. Your husband Archie, who's active in the U.S. military, flew in on a fighter jet. Yeah, sure. And he's here with you, and he was here this weekend. You guys celebrated. Anything yeah. special happen? No, it was just a good time to yeah. be together. What was your favorite part of it? Literally just being together, okay. being able to be. Wherever you are. Yep. Well, yeah, and I guess I can totally understand that if you're apart so often. Just being together is an event. Yeah, it and, is. And I'm very happy for you, and I'm Thank so you. excited that he's in town for a few more days. And you guys, uh, you had a little chat. You wanted to quiz him now that you've been together for six years. Yeah, I want to know if he actually knows me, knows mm, me. This sounds like a trap. Aww. But let's see what happens. How well does he know j I'm going to guess very well. Do you want to play a game? Let's play a game. <laughs> that doesn't sound creepy at all. <laughs> all right, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Let's see if you know me as well as you think you do. What's my favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas? No, it's not. It's the same one as yours. Oh, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday. <sighs> Man, that is an underrated holiday. It is. And it's so special. And it like it's after a long stretch of no real big holiday. So mm-hmm. I, I feel you on that one. Yes. What in the world? Married to you for six years. You didn't even know that? That's hurtful. What's a hobby <laughs> I'd like to take up? Boxing. Yep. I want to box. Do you really? I do. I have so much. Like, I'm a very positive and encouraging person. But on the inside, I feel like I have a lot of feist. Would you I ever get it out. Would you ever be down to get in the ring with me? <laughs> TJ, I don't want to hurt you, bro. <laughs> when, I, when I said I have a lot of fights inside of me, I don't want to hurt you. I don't even want to hurt anyone. I know. Maybe. I'd pay good money to see that. <laughs> no, I couldn't. Yeah. Get all this fire out of me. Who's my best friend? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if I know... I think I know who that is from my wife, Jess, but she has so many friends and so do you. Mm-hmm, I know. That's what it made it really hard on him. The look on Archie's face right now, his eyes just got really huge. He's like, uh... Me? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. I mean, right. he is your best friend, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jess, my wife, is definitely my best friend, but who's that other friend? Right. Uh, okay. A- aside from you, who's my best friend? I feel if I just start throwing names out there, I'm going to insult all your other very close friends that we talk to on a daily basis. No disrespect, but I'm just going to say, it's Jennifer. (laughs) Yeah, you are right. You're so right, babe. Good job. Wait, what makes Jennifer so special than all the other friends? Uh, Jennifer and I, we've been friends since we were in middle school. We actually first started off as enemies. Like, we didn't like each other. We sang in choir together. We'd beef at each other. Get in. But we became best friends. And I was there for the birth of her baby girl. And then she was my maid of honor in my wedding. Look at that. What a great story. I didn't know you had a friend of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a friend now. <laughs> That's amazing. What size shoes do I wear? You know, I have like 136 pairs of sneakers. Oh, I know it. Um, so it varies with sizes. It's between eight and a half and then in men's is seven and a half. Whoa, that's impressive. I don't know my wife's shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yep, you're right. Who's my celebrity crush? Tori Kelly. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> sir. I mean, yes, definitely girl crush on Tori Kelly. But I mean, like, for real, celebrity crush. Oh, I'll give you a hint. He was in Creed and Black Panther. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mike. Jordan. Why are you rolling your eyes? Yes. <laughs> I'd be annoyed by that. So you do know quite a bit about me six years in. I think I do. Good job. I bet you come tomorrow I'll change my mind on all these answers. That you will. Yeah, and, and guess what? I bet Archie will get them all right. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow too. Yeah. Hey, I'm so happy for you, J-Bo. Yay for Thank J-Bo you. and Archie. Happy anniversary. Wow. Every time I turn on social media, I think, huh, 
Is this a scene from a movie? Or, <laughs> oh, no, no, it's real life again? Yeah. It's real life. The one that caught my attention this weekend was a couple women taking cans of soup and flinging the soup at the Mona Lisa. Like, the Mona Lisa. Which you go, how do you get close enough to that thing to hurl soup at it? And when I first saw it, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this thing has been around this long mm-hmm. and now they messed it all up? How are they going to clean that? And obviously, what I come to find out is that it's protected by glass, which I didn't think of that, but good idea, right? (laughs) I mean, there's been numerous times where the Mona Lisa throughout history has been either stolen or vandalized. So at this point, they're like, no, we're going to use glass. (laughs) We know something can happen. It does seem, I mean, it's got to be connected to some security system, right? Like if you tried to pull it off the wall because you wanted to put it at your house. I I would assume so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, these these two people, they, they... fling the soup at it. It's all over the wall. It's a big mess. And you go, okay, what do they want? What is it they're trying to talk about? And they're upset because they claim the farming system in France is sick. They say their farmers are dying at work. And then you go, okay, well, that's pretty serious, mm-hmm. right? Our farming, our agriculture, very serious. Yep. And it matters all over the world. We have to eat. And they were asking the question, what's the most important thing? Art or a right to a healthy and sustainable food. Yeah, and then I, I'm kind of mad because I'm like, oh, well, I don't, I don't disagree with, I don't know everything they were talking about, but at least with the farming. Right. I agree. We need to protect our farmers. Yeah. And I care deeply about our farmers. I got to know them very well when I was living in New England. I was even at a big event they had with a bunch of dairy farmers. And they are so important for our world and they're such wonderful people and they're working so hard and they they know how to get milk out of a cow. We need people who know Which how to do that. Which is very impressive. Yeah, you know how to do that? I don't. I would yeah. like to try. It's pretty intense. Well, I thought that people were getting the milk out of the cows and they actually have this system. It's a machine system and the cows know when to go get milked and they all line up and there's this machine that actually takes them and milks them. So it's metal that's pulling at their... Well, no, not it's... Not the warm comfort of someone's hand? Well, it may sound painful, but it's not. I've seen it. The cows go in. It's like a spa treatment. They go in, they get their back scratched and whatever else, depending on how fancy the equipment is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we get to enjoy milk. And, okay. and milk is great for us. Now, some people make claims that it's not good for you. And my goodness, I love milk. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of New England dairy. They've got a whole thing up there. So these two women were protesting because they're looking out for farmers. Yes. And I. the question is, is it appropriate to throw soup at the Mona Lisa? Jabo, you're a fan of art. You've drawn a couple things in your time. You've doodled <laughs> on your notebook, I see. You're the perfect person to ask about this. I don't know if I'm the perfect person to ask about this. I think it's okay to protest something that you're passionate about. It's how you go about it that can be a problem. Well, it's like the most famous painting. I guess if you're going to go Big. You might as well go you big. Might as well, yeah. Yes, Kenny. Well, I'm a big fan of soup. I, I'm upset that they wasted perfectly good soup. Yeah, that is interesting. Some are saying that because uh, we're concerned about food and losing food to Come on. to waste more food. Hopefully it was expired. I don't know. Yeah, expired or like leftovers, you know? We should get our friend Amanda. Amanda is a dairy farmer and she's great. Maybe she has some insight on this. And I always love hearing what's going on with farmers. She's got her fingers on the pulse of farming in America. Yeah, let's see if you can get her on the phone. Let's get her on in a few minutes. This is the TJ Show. This is the TJ Show. A few moments ago, we were just talking about this story in France where a couple protesters, farmers, flung soup at the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. Like, 
the Mona Lisa. Yes, right. And so I was hoping to get our friend Amanda Freund's take on this because Amanda is a dairy farmer. For how many years? How many years has your family run that farm? 70 plus. 70 plus. Oh, wow. wow. And now you've moved into other ventures. And your mom still has the little farm shop there, right? On the land? Yeah, so we've got a farm market, bakery, and garden center, and then I decided to go away from the dairy side of the business, and now I sell the cow manure. Cow manure. So she is behind this company called Cowpots, and uh, I've worked with them before. They're amazing people, and she's the person, right? And your dad, you guys started this. Somehow you could take cow poo and turn it into planters and you rather than using like the plastic bottoms on plants at greenhouses I wanted to talk to you because you have your fingers on the pulse of the farmer and when the story came up I just knew you'd have some insight on it yeah there you know those French farmers they are very loud and outspoken and using some unique tactics to express their frustration but the frustration is felt world round what can we do as the consumer to support our local farmers, wherever we may be. So know where your food is coming from. So it is totally so much more convenient to buy your groceries from Amazon. It's so convenient, but that is not supporting your local community, your local environment. And so it does take an extra trip sometimes to get in your car and go to the farmer's market or the local farm stand. But that those dollars that you're spending have a real impact. Yeah. And also, so, I'm a big fan. I think you know this about me, but I'm a watermelon factory during the summer. And so <laughs> from the very beginning of watermelon season to the very end, I'm taking down at least a watermelon every few days. And I don't know if it's good for me, but I love the way it tastes and I'm all in. <laughs> but I always buy it from a farm stand. And I see that this farm stand in, in our community does very well. And it, it keeps them farming. And then, of course, you can go down the list of supporting our dairy farmers and finding milk that's from a local producer, right? That's a good thing to do. I mean, I think, you know, we're having this conversation the end of January. And so people can be scratching their heads about like, what the heck is even local to me this time yeah, of year? Great question. Milk. Milk is local 365 days a year. Milk does not travel more than 100 miles to get from farm to fridge. And so I will acknowledge that the soup that they threw at the Mona Lisa seemed to be butternut or pumpkin. Uh And that's a seasonal choice. So I will give them props for that. (laughs) Now, wait a minute, Amanda. But you don't think it's a good idea to be throwing soup at these famous paintings. No. Well, you'll notice that American farmers have not done that. So we might have similar frustrations, but we're not throwing soup in the National Gallery of Art. And I think the wildest thing that we've done was bring a cow to the state capitol in Hartford. Really? But I'm pretty sure we picked up behind her. So. That's very nice. <laughs> very nice of you. Very nice of you, yeah. Amanda, you would do that because you're so kind. I could see you walking behind it with a shovel. I've met Amanda's cows, believe it or not. And uh, they were very nice to me. I love them. Very friendly cows. So cute. And I got to touch their face. And I got these big tongues. They pick their nose with their tongue, right? That's an essential element to being a cow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Well, Amanda, we really appreciate you popping on with us. Thank you. I just wanted to take your temperature on all this because I I obviously support our farmers. We have to. How do we we live without supporting our farmers? I mean, this is just, it almost could be a slow boil away from using farmers. And then none of us want to see what that looks like. National security is tied to food security. If you have a nation of hungry bellies, then you are going to have so much more chaos and calamity. And so the first step in having 
civilization is making sure that the people of that community and that country have something to eat. Yeah, have you been hangry, hey, J-Bo? Oh, yes, yeah. I have. Yeah. Yes. I'll take one of those cows, snap its leg, and take a bite right out of its hoof. Listen, oh, no. I'm starving. Oh, I did not. I did not support that no, behavior. No, sorry. Not at no, you all. You know what, I, what I'm saying is we could do crazy things when we're hangry. Yeah, my husband okay. knows. If I say I'm hungry, he has 29 minutes to get me food. Because <laughs> 29 minutes from then, yeah. I'm going to be hangry. So, J-Bo, support our farmers. <laughs> yes. Amanda, so amazing to hear from you. Thank you for all that you're doing out there. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. There's a beer that I used to drink a long time ago, and I was thinking about it because you guys were coming over for dinner on Friday. Right. And I made an effort. Like, I really wanted to find this this beer. It's got a picture of a big elephant on it. And I was like, let me go. So I go to, like, two or three liquor stores. Uh-huh. And they don't have it. And Aww. so then I just got a bottle of white wine and you drank it right, with dinner. I did. Did I you drank. like it? It was good, yeah. I went with the uh, the local angle. I said, any local wines you have, I need something to pair with a fish. And this guy comes out and goes, yeah, you can try this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did a good job. Right. What do you, TJ? Guess was he a small yay? A small yay? Is that what they call that? That's a wine expert. I don't know if a sommelier would work at a liquor store. Usually they work at restaurants. No, oh, okay. No. And they pair, like, you order and then you can ask the sommelier, like, okay, I'm oh, I'm having a filet mignon. What wine do you have on the wine menu that I had, best with them? I learned a, a new word today. <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who, I don't even know if I said it right. What is, what is it again? Sommelier. Sommelier, okay. A friend of mine studied to be one of those. And he said the tests were so insane. He would have to take a sip of wine, tell you where the grape was, what year it was, what type it was. I'm like, dude, what do you do with that skill? And he was like, that's amazing. Well, I don't do it anymore. (laughs) He got into radio instead. And I was like, dude, that just sounds like, I mean, it sounds fun. But how do you keep track? He's like, yeah, after a full test, it's hard to focus, <laughs> if you know what I mean. And I was like, yeah, I, I can understand. I mean, it's quite an art form. And I guess right. I'm glad that there are people who really know their stuff. Yeah. I don't really drink a lot, but I love the idea of pairing the right wine with the right food. It's I'm a cool skill. I'm always so impressed by that. I'm always like, I yeah. don't know. I'll drink whatever with this fish. I don't yeah, care. I don't even try to keep up. I just sound dumb. They're like, <laughs> I was like, do you have a, uh, what was the, I said, do you have a Sauvignon Blanc from this area? And they said, there's never been a Sauvignon Blanc from this area. I'm like, I don't know anything about wine, dude. I just want to match this up with a fish. I got a big here. stinky fish in the car, and it's getting warmer by the second. I just need something local because I want to support our local wineries. Well, I'm bummed that you couldn't find that beer you're looking for, but the wine was good, though. Yeah, it was th- good. I'm glad you liked it, yeah. Jay. Have you tried going to a Total Wine? The, no. the liquor store Total Wine, you got to try one of these Total Wines. I think that, I think they have locations all over the country now, and they do online orders. They're huge. They have like everything. I bet you they have. It's like the a huge warehouse. You walk in, oh, you're yeah. like, uh, just <laughs> rows and rows and aisles and aisles and aisles of all these different liquors and wines. Yeah, yeah I went there recently because my girlfriend Allison and I we wanted to make butter beer. Which is from what is the that? Harry Potter books and movies. Oh my goodness! It's like a butterscotch drink in, in the these children. Are you mixing Harry Potter drinks over the weekend? Yeah, is that what you're doing? <laughs> it's, it was fun. It was like a potions class. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can make it with a little bit of like vanilla vodka for do a more you, adult experience. When you go to Total Wine, do you tell them like, "Hey, I'm making a Harry Potter beer." <laughs> And I need these ingredients for my potion. They would kick you out so fast. Or at least make fun of you, right? <laughs> Check your ID. <laughs> you look old enough, but I'm not I'm not so sure based on what you're asking me. Did you um, tell them what you were, you were looking for? No, I didn't, but I I, I probably should have because I spent the place is so big that I spent way more time in there than I had to. They have like these employees that are more than willing to help you find what you're looking you for. You have a problem asking for help. Though. I have a problem asking for yeah, help. You don't yeah. ever want someone to know that you don't know. 
Yeah. Even when you walk into a place that's like that you clearly don't unknowable. Know. Yes. <laughs> I, I, no one knows. I brought my my magic wand and I, I was hoping it would lead me. <laughs> and but it failed. It failed. Why but I that, did find it eventually. Why is that man tapping on cans? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> well, no, that's not it. I'm looking for my potion. <laughs> okay. Anyway, glad uh, you're out of there now. Everyone feels safer, Kenny. Yeah. We want to keep our brains healthy as we get older. Of course we do. Do we want our family to do that? Absolutely. I love reading studies like this. It seems like these continue to pop up, and there's more and more evidence that suggests that playing a musical instrument is so beneficial to our brains as we get older. There's a British study that just happened. This was from a bunch of adults over 40 years old. The study showed that continuing to play an instrument or sing in a choir as people move into the later stages of their life has great benefits. Singing with other people was also linked to better brain health. There's a professor of dementia research, and her name is Anne. She said, overall, we think that being musical could be a way of harnessing the brain's agility and resilience, known as cognitive reserve. Our findings indicate that promoting musical education would be a valuable part of public health initiatives to promote a protective lifestyle for brain health, as would encouraging older adults to return to music in later life. And isn't it interesting, we're reading these stories now, and music education programs are some of the first to go in a school system. I was just thinking the same thing, yeah. Can we revisit that in the budget? Hello. Camera guy, Josh, you've been seeing that people are just cutting everything out of this budget in the school system. Yeah, especially this time of year. This is around the time where the budget proposal comes out, and it's not looking good in a lot of cases. we got to support our music teachers, and when we're in these situations where we can talk to school systems or we're in these board meetings, I never went to one of those, but if I ever was in one and the music thing came up, I'd stand up and start singing, You need to keep it! Also, if it's better for brain health to be singing along, we should be singing along more. Why aren't we doing more sing-alongs, guys? I don't know. I think you kind of grow out of that. I remember as a kid, you watch certain Disney movies and you sing along with that, and that's encouraged. And then when you get older, when you start to sing, people ask you, who sings this song? And when you tell them and they say, let's keep it that way, then you stop singing. Oh, come on. I know. We got to stop discouraging one another to sing. You know, we had our dinner party on Friday night. My wife, Jess, hopped on the piano. We all started singing together. I couldn't believe it happened. It just happened organically. I feel like I have to spring this on you guys more often. Can we start making it a regular occurrence? (laughs) That as friends here, we sing along. And if you're listening, of course, you could sing along in your car. Okay, that's, so Kenny's down. I'm doing my vocal exercise. Okay, here we go. Let me, let me see. I mean, I don't know what I can do here, but it's a Monday. Monday. It's a Monday. Now, does it say you have to sing on key? No, it just says sing Okay, along. you just got to sing. Yeah. All right, so uh, when I say Monday, you do it after me. Ready? Monday. Monday. Hey, Monday. Monday. Hey, it's not a bad day. Monday. Hey, it's not a bad day. Monday. Hey, you guys are good. We should start a band. I just got to... <laughs> I just got to sharpen my vocals, but you guys are right there, ready to go. <laughs> Producer Heather is dancing in the corner. <laughs> I love it. That's the kind of hype bro you need. it's Monday. Rhymes Monday. with fun day. Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah, throw in a fun day. Okay, you ready? Oh, baby, Monday. It's fun day. Hey. <laughs> I feel so healthy. Healthy yeah. on a Monday. Yeah, I'm fun healthy day. on a Monday. 
Now, hopefully that's stuck in your head and all day you're going to be going around going, it's Monday, fun day. I'm going to practice. I want to get better. But that's what it's all about. You got to start the instrument and just roll with it a little at a time. Before you know it, in six months, in one year, in two years, three years, you're playing an instrument. It's fun. So not only is it helping our brains, but it's fun too. This sounds like I'm sold. I'm sold too. Big football day yesterday, and it looks like we know who's playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. 49ers baby. versus the Chiefs. Yep. Do you think Patrick Mahomes is the successor to Tom Brady? I do. Ooh. What do you think? Yeah, man. Is, I mean, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Is he the new GOAT? Yeah. Now, like, is it possible for Patrick Mahomes to win seven Super Bowls like Tom Brady did? That That's a tall order, but I mean... As far as athletic ability and giftedness on the football field, Patrick Mahomes might be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. You play. can't count Patrick out, and Tom has given Patrick his his props for sure. Patrick's so. the baby goat, so baby baby <laughs> goat's <laughs> going <Baby> up. Goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kept seeing the big headlines I saw were the pictures of Taylor Swift whispering in Travis Kelsey's ear. Yeah, and. Um, I think I'm rooting for him. I don't know. I, I wasn't so invested, but now it's been happening enough, and I'm like, wow, look at that. They seem to really like each other. Swifties are absolutely thrilled. Uh, they're calling it a Swifty Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, my goodness. In two weeks on February 11th. But there's a lot of conversation about whether or not Taylor Swift will make it there in time. I saw this. Yeah. She's going to be in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, a day before the Super Bowl? Yeah, so she's got a show. Her fourth and final show in Tokyo is February 10th. It starts at 6.30 p.m. Japanese Standard Time. So assuming, let's say she gets on a plane at midnight, that'll put her in Vegas at 7.30 p.m., the night before the Super Bowl, which will start at Plenty 3.30 time. Pacific time the next day. It's got to be so cool. That's the closest thing to transporting that we have. If you're really famous and she's probably on a private jet, yep. you just hop in. You probably got a bed on there, right? Mm-hmm. You take your, you go to bed. You just take imagine, a nap. Yeah. You can, rather than sleeping in your bed at home, you just go on a plane and then you're somewhere else when you wake up. Yeah. That's really fun. <laughs> be amazing. Yeah. I would love that. Now we talked a little bit Last week about the conspiracy, the NFL selected a referee who is known for being favorable to away teams to oh, call yeah. Yeah, we were the talking about that on Ravens Friday. Chiefs game. And looking at the statistics, Baltimore had eight penalties for 95 yards compared to the Chiefs, who only had three penalties for 30 yards. But I don't think that played a role in the game. From what I saw, because I watched the entire game, Baltimore didn't show up like they usually show up. Dropped the ball. Yes, they, they did. actually yeah. did. Quite they actually literally, did yeah, the they ball. Yeah. So, I agree with Jaybo. It was I, fair. Although, like, it did play out the way they said it would, I thought it was a fair game. Yeah. Good. Well, that's good news. And there was also a big conspiracy theory that was floating around that somehow the Super Bowl logo colors was going to reflect who wound up in the big game. And uh, that didn't come true either. No, it didn't. But, but if there was any way that the NFL like wanted to break their script for the season before it started with the whole logo conspiracy. The one thing I could see them trying to do Come on, would Uncle Kenny. force the Chiefs Seriously. into the Super Bowl <laughs> to get Taylor Swift in attendance. The ratings are going to be huge. Okay. But they didn't force the Chiefs as we saw the game yeah, play out. They, they earned now, their spot. I, I do feel for the, the Detroit Lions oh, like, yeah. against the 49ers. I was rooting for the Lions in that game. In the 58 years of the Super Bowl, they've been in the league and have not won or been in one 
Yeah, it's yeah, tough. They're the only team that's been around for every Super Bowl ever played that's never actually been to a Super Bowl. Even the Jets have been to a Super Bowl. Man, that's got to be tough. That's depressing. And well, they were in the lead, and then they blew that. So yeah, that was hurtful 17 points, right? Yep. Yeah, it's got to be tough. All right, well, on that note, let's enjoy what's coming up in a couple <laughs> weeks. This is the TJ Show. Our news, it sounds a whole lot different around here. Our producer, Kenny, he reads through every story he can find, and then he brings us the most interesting ones. Kenny, what's happening on this Monday? A 20-year-old from Pakistan is possibly the biggest Swifty in the world. Oh, wow. The USA Today is reporting about how Bilal Elias Yandir has broken the world record by identifying 34 Taylor Swift songs in less than a minute. The previous record was 27. Okay. j Love Story. What about it? It's a Taylor Swift song. Which one? <laughs> Love Story. Love Story. It's called oh. Love Story. She's good. You're both good. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so is that what they did to this guy? Yeah, here's how the record works. So Bilal wore an eye mask, and he was read randomly chosen lyrics while a timer counted down. There were two verified witnesses for the record attempt. So for instance, the reader would say, elevator buttons and, then Bilal would say, ours, which is the 2011 Swift single from the Speak Now era. It's impressive. impressive. Yeah. yeah. Kenny, what else do you have? I have a story... That's close to our friends in Bangor, Maine. A young high school student has donated anonymously $7,500 to Bangor High School to buy shoes for students in need. Wow, that's cool. I'm down for that. Yeah, the donation was made through the student's online business called Sneaks and Deals, LLC. It's a business the student started in January of 2021 where he tracks market trends and purchases sneakers he believes will be valuable in the future then resells them online. So the anonymous student asked that his donation be used to buy shoes for students who did not have appropriate footwear. Jabo, this is right up your alley. It is, yeah, I love that story. You've got your 100 plus pairs of shoes because you're a sneaker head. Yeah. And this guy, you guys would probably get along. We probably would. I'm, I totally love the fact that he saw to take care of somebody else, you know, well, with especially, sneakers, with something that he loves. Right, especially when school systems are getting budgets slashed mm-hmm. day after day, season after season, teachers losing their jobs. And it's, also, it's, it's tough on parents to... Especially if your kids are always growing. You know, you have kids. You have three girls, and one minute you buy the size seven in shoes, two months later they're size nine. Oh, yeah. So yeah. No, we've been reusing shoes. Charlie's shoes are now on our younger daughter's that's feet, right. and they fit great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I know it's so expensive. So, uh, yeah, and that's a whole other layer, which is so cool. What a great story. Yeah, the money will be used uh, and available to school staff who will be tasked with identifying and working with the students in need. The school plans to partner with local department stores to create a voucher system where the students and their families can go to the store and choose whatever side or style meets their needs. Excellent. Nice. Love it. Kenny, what else do you have? Well, there was a passenger on an Aeromexico plane who decided to leave through the emergency exit door and stand out on the wing. And the fellow passengers are not condemning him, rather defending him and praising his actions. Why was this such a heroic move? So the plane was stationary at the time at a remote location. They were delayed for four hours on the plane without proper ventilation or water. Mm -mm. So the passengers on the flight really feared for their health and safety. And this man had their support. And that was their way of getting the plane back to the jetway and getting everybody off the plane. Yeah. Someone crack a window and then jump outside the window and (laughs) entertain everyone. There always has to be that one person that steps out and says, I'll take care of it. Absolutely, J-Bo. Would that be you? (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I don't know because I'm not trying to go to jail. <laughs> not in that situation. Yeah, I don't know. I think in that situation, I would try to crack the window, but I wouldn't go outside. But you're on a plane. How can you crack a window on a plane? You got to use your elbow. <laughs> crack it open. That's the way it opens. Kenny, what else do you have? Amazon Prime is going to start running ads on its content starting today. Oh, yay. More ads that we have to pay for. Jaybo, I could be wrong about this, but wasn't this a paid streaming service? Yes, but they're taking a page out of every other streaming service, it seems like, because everyone first comes on and says, it's free, then you pay, no ads. Now you're paying for ads. Right. So somehow they've convinced you to pay for TV again. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> free TV. Yeah, free TV. <laughs> and, you know, same thing is happening with some of these audio platforms, too. They're basically giving you the radio with ads, but they're charging you for it. Yeah. What's funny, one of the articles I read compared streaming to cable in a sense that it started to be a disruptor to cable, and now it's just turned into, into cable. cable. It's, right. it's cable, yeah. Uh, so up until today, if you were a Prime Video subscriber, you enjoyed an ad-free viewing experience. You could still do that, but you have to pay an extra $2.99 a month. It's becoming egregious. There's like They're not even trying to hide how blatant mm-hmm. they're turning people upside down yep. and waiting to see what falls out of their pockets. Yep. And then they've got someone down there scooping it up into, you know, those little uh, brooms and dust pans they yeah, have. Taking all the <laughs> yep. points. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Anything else left in this person? Let's just keep turning them upside down and shaking them. Well, get this. The move is expected to bring in more than $5 billion <laughs> in revenue annually. Well, see, the problem is when someone gets turned upside down and shaken and then they don't complain about it and they just keep allowing <laughs> it to happen. Well, you see how that turns out. They make more money. And right now, I think the last major streaming service that doesn't offer an ad-supported plan at this point is Apple TV+. Plus. Every other one, Hulu, Netflix, now Prime, all have ad-supported plans that you have to pay for, and you can pay a little bit more for no ads. Just wait for it. Give them a couple months, maybe a year. Can't even get a pair for under $2. (laughs) That's a different discussion. The grocery store. The other. What's going on? Everyone, ten, you said bro. pair, and I automatically thought shoes, and I was like, "Of course, you can't get a pair of shoes for two dollars." Talking about the pairs that I like to I'm eat. Sorry, J-Bow. I love sneakers. Unbelievable this world. Anyway, Kenny, what else is happening? You might have missed this story from Wired magazine. There's a new dating app called Volar, and this one's a little different than your regular dating app. How's it different? Well, instead of creating an online dating profile, you instead chat with an AI chatbot. And through that conversation, the site then creates an AI chatbot for you in which it can go on virtual first dates with other AI chatbots for your potential matches. So it essentially cuts a lot of that time out of the way. So let me follow along Hmm. here. We train an AI chatbot right, in our dating a, profile. Yeah, by having a conversation with it. Then the AI chatbots have a conversation amongst themselves. Correct. Which is a filter, a layer, before the two humans actually start talking to one another. Right. So, <laughs> Wow. Well, that nothing sounds great about that to me. Uh, how are you feeling, Jay? You're still doing a lot of talking, whether it be with a bot or with an actual human. I'd rather just talk to a human and get the bot out the way. Well, I suppose the case for this is you have one chat with a bot and then you could have a chat with a hundred potential dates and then the algorithm 
brings you together with people that you're a more likely match. Yeah. But I thought that's what dating sites were anyway. Would, <laughs> wouldn't you just fill out a survey and it would say, hey, this might be a match for you. This is like 97%. Well, the app's developer cites how some of these initial messages between new matches are extremely awkward. And that could deter somebody from taking the next step and finding, is this conversation going to lead to true love or is this something we should move on to and, and go to the next thing? Man, they really want to turn us into computers. Now, who are they? I don't know, but someone does. <laughs> Kenny, what else do you have? Well, can, now if, I'm I can, depressed. if I could bring up one thing, so Wired well, Magazine. thankfully you're married, so you should <laughs> yeah. be fine. No, I just, I'm sad for people. Like, there's something about connecting with human beings that can't be lost. Right. And yet, every, it seems like so many of these stories, it's, all right, less human connection, <laughs> less human connection. And then you look at the world and people are miserable. But in the same breath, we have studies that show you that we are the loneliest we've ever been, and yet we're quote-unquote connected because of social. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah. So the reporters from Wired tested the app for themselves, and after chatting with the chatbot to create this new online profile, the chatbot then went on a few virtual first dates, and on one of the first dates, the chatbot opened with a weird question. If you own any pet and accidentally launched a nuke, how would it have done it? And according to Wired, they never discussed nuclear weapons in the conversation with the chatbot to create the dating profile. The developer said that they have safeguards on the app to avoid inappropriate topics and that this response seemed to fall on the border of silly versus inappropriate. Now we've got computers chatting amongst themselves about nukes. Yeah, yeah shut the whole thing <laughs> can, down. Can we see where this is all shut headed? I mean, everyone's laughing about it. Oh, how silly is that? Don't know mm -hmm. how that came up. All right, well, I guess we'll keep watching. Kenny, what else do you have? In other AI news, you may remember we talked about this not too long ago. There was a comedy special performed by an AI version of the late comedian George Carlin. Yeah. And now George Carlin's estate has announced that it will be suing the human beings responsible for that Good. special, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Good. This, Good is, what, this is what the whole sag after war was about, uploading someone's content, generating, quote, new content based on the old content. There has to be a line in the sand. Yes. Somebody's got to say, this is inappropriate. You can't do this. This is the TJ Show. Kenny, thank you for keeping us somewhat That's informed. That's what's happening.